0: It's hard to say goodbye to a best friend. I think anybody can understand that. Um, but I guess when your best friend made such amazing, beautiful music, you know, I think he would enjoy me and you know the Revolution and people who uh, performed with him to share his music with fans, especially his hometown fans, you know, and the many fans he had around the world. I think he, I think he would like that. Prince remembered
1: from the current Andre Simone this is a local show session recorded live at the Minnesota State Fair in Carousel Park on NPR day Andre I have to ask I read this week Mm -hmm. in the newspaper that Mm -hmm. you did not listen to Prince's music for quite some time after leaving his band and I I'm thinking about it because you just played Little Red Corvette Was that one of the songs that you had to kind of revisit? And... I
0: really did. I didn't mean you know, I never played it when I was with him, so I didn't know. I mean, I didn't listen to um, the controversy album, um, Parade, and uh, in 1999. Wow. I, it's not that I didn't listen to them, I heard, you know, obviously, you'd have to be, you know, somewhere on a different planet. So I heard this. I heard the songs. And I always like Little Red Corvette. I mean, that's just an amazing. Well, I mean, all of those are amazing songs. So, you know, he's an amazing performer. Period. So, just you know. And so, when um, you know, when the group asked me to do this, I thought, well, I I got to go back and listen to the stuff. So I, I went back and I listened, and I was like, oh, you know, and you start learning the chords. I mean, it's a different. It's one thing when you're listening on the radio, but when you actually have to learn you know, the chords and the vocals and the inflections and in some of the different ways, you know, like even like sometimes it's those in April. That song is not the easiest <laughs> song. None of them really are. I mean, you know, and obviously nobody's ever going to, you know, match or do anything, you know, close to the way that he did it. But, you know, it's just, it's, they were definitely fun, put it that way, so. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing that you also expressed was uh, you had a little reservations about even participating in, in the revolution reunions at first, but now you've got one of the nights under your belt. I'm wondering how you're feeling about everything.
0: Well, my throat for, <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm <clears throat> definitely, my throat is, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, <laughs> to, say, to say the least, but you know, but you know, I think it was great. I, you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to the night. I'm going to try to see if I can't uh, you know, rest my voice a little bit, and um, you know, and try to get uh, get ready for the for the night and tomorrow. So
1: yeah, that's incredible. Three nights in a row, all sold out, all in the First Avenue Main Room. So you've told me this story before, but yeah. it is so endearing that I'm wondering if you'll share it again today. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the first time that you met Prince?
0: <laughs> you know, um, the first time we met. You know, it's it's one of those kind of things that you, you really can't. Forget. I really can't forget because, you know, you go into a whole new school, you know. I, you know, grew up in a different neighborhood and um, our family moved from, um, you know, one part of town to another part of town. So I had to start a whole new, you know, high school, a junior high school. And I didn't know anybody there, you know, and I just, you know, and the way they do it, they have you You're in the gymnasium and they give you, you know, sort of your, um, I guess your, you know, which classes and your, you know, where you gotta go, where you gotta be, your home room, and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, after he says that, he says, okay, go stand against the wall, Anderson. So I'm like, okay. And so I look and there's a wall of like, just guys. And I didn't know anybody, all strangers. I just looked around this whole line of, of, of people. And I looked and I looked and I tried to see if there was like, you know, like a friendly face or, you know, something. And I finally saw this one guy standing there and he looked, you know kind of reminded me a little bit of myself, and I thought, man, maybe I'll go stand next to that guy. So I go stand next to him, and I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Andre. He said, I'm Prince. I said, oh, Prince, okay. I said, well, you know, we started talking. I said, what do you do? He said, I play music. I said, oh, so do I. And I said, wow. I said, are you any good? He said, yeah, I think so. I said, yeah, well, so am I. And he said, well, let's see, let's go jam. And I was like, Okay. Just like that. Yeah, so we we went and jammed, um, and he played I mean he played the piano, like at his dad's house, he played Man from Uncle and he, has, he had a little sort of a um, like a four string acoustic guitar and so I played <laughs> bass and we just started jamming. And we said, Let's start a band, you know? We started a band and the rest, as they say, <laughs> is history. Yeah.
1: So there's been a lot written about, you know, Grand Central and how you'd play all these school dances and, oh. and Morris Day ended up becoming your drummer. But one thing that I don't know as well is what did you guys sound like?
0: You know, you know, the interesting thing is I still have a lot of our demo tapes. I, really? I have some of our performance tapes from when we played at little gigs like, I mean, we played at the fair. I mean, we played, you know. We played everywhere, you know I mean? My mom, you know, and, and my sisters out in the audience, my mom would have us playing anywhere. We'd play in the backyard. We'd play at, you know, you know, she'd have a bunch of friends over for card parties. We'd play anywhere. So if you can imagine, you know, cause Prince became a very big superstar, but my mom would just say, well, I don't, you know, I don't care what you guys are doing. Um, you guys are gonna have to come down to the Elks cause you know, we're having a, <laughs> and we need a band, so you guys are gonna play. You know, but to what we sounded like, I guess we sounded like a lot of the bands of, of the time, like um, Earth, Wind & Fire. We did a lot of rock and roll, like Grand Funk Railroad and um, Chicago. Um, but We did a lot of funk, so um, Ohio Players. Um, you know, we did some Jimi Hendrix. And I think that had a lot to do with um, our music and the, the, the Minneapolis, what they call the Minneapolis sound, because as you guys know, growing up in Minneapolis, you know, the radio, is amazing and at the time they just played really good rock i mean they didn't play very much r&b at all so that was you know I wasn't really mm-hmm. you know kmoj you could hardly get that but but they played really amazing rock and roll i'm trying to remember there was like a an album oriented radio station i forget what it was i think it was i forget but anyway it was a big deal at the time so you get was kqrs it. yeah they would play like really and so we would i mean because at the time when you you know. We were broke, so it wasn't like you could run out and get, you know, records, you know, at will. So when you heard it, you'd, you know, we'd literally record it off the radio. So, different, different reality. So.
1: Cool. You mentioned that you played the fair. Are you talking about the Minnesota State oh, Fair? Oh, yeah, yeah. Grand Central. Oh Prince man, we, played we, the Minnesota State oh, Fair. Oh,
0: are you kidding? I mean, if there was a place to play, you know, you know I mean, because my mom was always into... So my mom was uh, really sweet, you know. Um, if she, anything she was doing, if she could get us to play, she was our biggest our first biggest fan, you know, she would get us to play anywhere. She's like, you guys got to get up there. You guys got to go play. You guys got to there's a gig here. You guys got to go. You know, I mean, she was like, wasn't like a manager, but she was like our biggest supporter and definitely, you know, I mean, it was beautiful.
1: Wow, Andre, I want to talk more about growing up in the neighborhood that you did, North Mm -hmm. Minneapolis and specifically the time that you were growing up. You're working on some new material that is really influenced by the late 60s, early 70s political climate. I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit more about, you know, being a kid that was coming up and learning more about the world and what was going on. And how do you think that shaped you as an artist?
0: Wow. Um, you know, obviously, you can imagine the 60s in Minnesota. Was, it was beautiful in a billion different ways. I mean, because my father was very, very... Um, I mean, he was from Fergus Falls, so, I mean, you don't really get much more Minnesota than Fergus Falls. <laughs> I'm talking fishing, hunting, you know, I mean, we, we are, you know, born and raised, you know, this is, we are, we are from this earth, this Minnesota space and time, and that's just the reality. But, you know, the 60s, it was an interesting time for America, period. You know, I mean, we all know it, you know, we can, we can try to think we don't know it, but we know it. I mean, really, it was an interesting time. And so America was going, for it, going through a transformation. You had um, you know, civil rights, and you had Martin Luther King, and you had John F. Kennedy, and you had just a lot of stuff and a lot of people trying to get their head around where we were going as a country. And um, I was a sponge. I mean, I was already... I couldn't play music, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do at the time. So I was like... I was soaking it all in. I was, I was soaking it in all the... I mean, I saw every speech, every John, I was a big John F. Kennedy fanatic, but I was also a big MacArthur fanatic. I was also a big, you know, obviously Martin Luther King fanatic. And I was also, I was just, my dad made sure that, you know, all of us were very, very plugged in, as did my mother, um, to uh, the political climate and the reality. So I think, you know, and then, you know, and then there was the music. Yeah. You know, because the music of the 60s and the 70s was off the chain. And I think the interesting thing is, it wasn't just black artists that were making statements at the time about what was going on. You had white artists like Bob Dylan, you had the Beatles, you had, you know, not to mention, you know, James Brown and, you know, and Bob Marley and all the different artists from, but you just had everybody, you know, realizing, you know what, this world, I mean, this country, this world, this planet, <laughs> we're, we're here. We gotta figure something out. So artists, really influenced me, you know, because I was listening. And I think I listened to, um, it was an interview when I was like a little kid that I think was with, I don't know if it, I, I assume that it was John Lennon because I was too young at the time to really totally decipher who was who. But he was saying, he was saying, oh, I don't know about God. He doesn't, he doesn't discriminate against who's gonna drink the water or who's gonna breathe the air. And I thought, wow, that's a deep perspective. You know, we're all in the same, on the same planet, so we kind of got to have each other's back, you know, because this, this is a beautiful planet. Look at this. This is beautiful. And you get to be a part of it, whatever you want to do. Write, do music, but you got to contribute. You know, you got you know, you to step up. Everybody's got to step up because this is our little moment right here. And history will look back and they will say, what did you do? Did you step up or did you just sort of sit this one out? and hope that somebody else is gonna do the heavy lifting. And so I'm not, I can't do that. I mean, God obviously gave me a gift to do music and to write songs. And so that's, you know, what I've been, I've dedicated my life.